Welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round Podcast. And this episode is quite an intriguing episode because I'm, I'm, as I say to you, we talk about issues. We talk about the issue of power and how power and its strategies creates or poses problems for progress or for society. And I talk about the issue of capitalism and the fact that capitalism is about competition. But that's not what we, what we are having and we are seeing in the world for countries that propose in the West that say that they are, that, that they are, they are capitalists. Because the issue of monopolism or cartelism, cartelization, or the whole reason of having antitrust laws is to is because some companies, once they arrive, they become too big, they are able to stomp out the competition through various means, through various strategies. And that's what is happening to the neoliberal and to several other companies. Where those who, are, who, who currently have power are trying everything to hold on to power, the same thing that's happening in Russia with you, with, with Russia and Vladimir Putin. He's trying to hold on to power and they use various strategies that pose problems for society and because it poses problems for people. But here is it that the United Nations, the United Nations have a 2030 SDG goal as to eliminate poverty. Okay? And also by 2030, by investing in the human capital. Okay? But, that is, but how is that possible? When you have people who have power who are trying to keep out the competition. You know, we, I, I said to you, we're about to launch. We're about to have a launch. The Neoliberal Corporation is about to launch. We're about to relaunch. And um, in fact, I say to you, we're about to relaunch and we're doing, several, we're doing some major things here at the Neoliberal. And, um, and recently we've come under tremendous attack. Even just now, my IT director called me from Jamaica to say that his computer is crashed. The systems have shut down. And, um, you know, recently I was speaking to one of my fraternity brothers and I was telling him that we now offer, the Neoliberal Corporation now offers, um, we now offer web hosting services, high-speed web hosting, VPS and so on, mobile applications, inventory management, and he, he pays $30. But I, he said he pays $30 an hour. I said, why are you paying GoDaddy $30 an hour? And they shut you down. He was sh- pointing me to his website, a businessman who's in the business of lending. But when I went to his website, it says error. But there was a payment issue. Businesses are going through a lot. The small man. But yet still, we are hearing that we have... Se- and I said to John, John Castro some time ago, and I said it to my fraternity brother, Nolan Fonterra, Fontaine and several different people is that the, the financing, the funding, the help is not reaching communities. And they set up certain strategies that prevent reach and access. Say, for example, you are lending. It, it's not easy to set up a bank when you, when you attach it to, to certain systems that requires you to have a particular app. And so now they, they join forces with other groups to make it hard for persons who are already dealing with issues to get out, to come up, 
you know, and I, we've, we, we've come under tremendous cyber malware, tremendous threats. Our, our social media feeds have been attacked. And it's been attacked not just by this, the people on the fringes, but the authorities, people who have power, people who, we, who are supposed to be helping to prevent and mitigate these things. You go, you go on your VPN and you go on your report and you're seeing Russia on your, uh, on, your, on, on, on your systems. Arlington, Virginia on your systems. Trying to break into, and what, into your systems. These are some of the, I mean, and there are severe issues. Recently we heard of Capital One and I think it was Equifax or Experian, one of the Equifax. There was a, some settlement was reached because of some major identity theft. And I just actually re- submitted a report to the FTC because I came under tremendous identity issue and um, theft. But that's what's going on. But the Neoliberal Corporation is a company that we are... We, I said to you, one year ago, we started out with a couple of seeds. We've reached and touched over 50,000 people through our books in neoliberalism and various journals, scholarly articles and newsletters, news commentaries and blogs, podcasts and digital channels, our various social media feeds and websites, editorials, articles and essays, lectures and presentations, educational and leadership resources and materials, mentoring and community engagement, professional services, writing paper services, research and independent publishing services. Now we are adding hosting and website through our business um, that we have incorporated with and business solutions our goal is to reach 10 million in five years and we can do it we know how to do it we have the idea we have done our research we know how to do it we just need support we need investment of course you, you need money to and that's how the world works and so we have developed a, a project and business plan that we have actually we're working through the details with invest with investors, and we're hoping that we'll be able to that will be able to pay off. But but we are focused on developing these key areas: one, capacity building, staffing VPS server to control products and services, market and distribution to meet demand and supply the market um, the market for our books and so on and so forth. Web applications. The second thing we're looking at is research, staffing, market and distribution dissertation book and uh, project research at Georgetown and developing and publishing the annual academic journal towards developing a journal of Caribbean and diaspora perspectives towards meeting the UN SDG 2030 goal. The third one we want to do is leveraging technology and network marketing, distribution and copyright protection. We want to we want to we want to develop that. We also are looking at studio equipment and studio equipment and office space, printing, digital media technology for podcasts and media channels, studio for admin operations and bookstore to facilitate and promote local talent. We're talking about IT, cybersecurity, privacy, trademarks, and so on. But we 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 have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of young people who are who are who are ready to go and we have working doing smaller th- stuff with us but we are about to relaunch and of course we are a licensed organization by the bureau of corporations and there are um, many things that we have to do many things that we have to do but we have products we have presence we have partners and potential partners we have a market, or we have markets and demand for our podcasts and our products, sorry, and services. We have ideas that's at the cutting edge and that considers the human. We're looking for a space 
we now need investors. With our experienced, vibrant, dynamic management team, our future is looking bright. Why is it bright? Because we've, disco- we've discovered and are experienced at leveraging technology and networking effectively, using social media to scale and generate traffic. We will be aggressive, using our, 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 our opportunities that's available to us. We are young, we're innovative, and we, we are realizing small gains and success, but we will grow with our ambitious, vivacious team who are filled with vim, vigor, and vitality. Our projections are minimal compared to what we hope to achieve with technology leveraging and working on networks and so on and so forth. We are connected to the local because we take our products, podcasts, programming into communities and get the pulse of the street. That is what we are about. And we are competing with dinosaurs who use various cookies and tracking and analytic devices to interfere. You know, recently I was telling somebody when we had the, uh, the Robin Hood situation, they actually shut down the Robin Hood, which was, I think was quite unfair. Where you have, it was an issue between the outsiders and the insiders. It's like an issue between the global north and the global south. We're talking about the dynamics. I said to you, power poses problems for human society and for progress. And when they, and I say to people, I will not invest unless I have a lot of money to invest. But when people can come together, when people can go on social media and come in there, a large mass of people to put one and two dollars and their three dollars and two cents into a particular stock. When those who, when those, when the insiders and the power brokers, people with the money, yes, when this, those people who have the money, who control things and, and, and the millionaires and the billionaires can, can either bet against or on a stock will affect the performance of the stock. Okay, and that's what's happening. But when you have social, and, that's why the, and that is why social media is a problem. And I said social media is very important because it helps to decentralize power and, and the control of information. It creates greater access for the small man, yes, who can pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get his to get his, his, to market his products and so on and so forth. But that is becoming an issue now. And they're using all kinds of different ways. But what happened is that with the, with the Robin Hood stocks or the game stock, the, the game stock stocks and the, the Home Depot stock that people had bet against, well, the insiders had bet against that the stocks would not perform. But it def- they, those stocks defied expectations because the outsiders and a group of nerd heads and social media fanatics, they know how the system works or works. So they got on social media and got people to sign up for those stocks. Yes, for, to, um, for, the, for the stocks and so on and so forth. And, one, and when that happened and betted on Home Depot and GameStop stocks so that the stocks defied defied expectations they were doing well and so those insiders who have the money the people with the money who and the insiders when they put money on the when they betted against it but it was but the stocks were doing well they lost millions of dollars and then they commandeered their lob and then they lobby and talked with the 
the political interests that they have and they shut down the Robin Hood program. In so doing, shutting down, preventing access. Now, how is that capitalism? How is, how is that fear competition? That is what is happening in society. And that is what I study. I study power. I study privilege, position, and status. And I say to you, the dissertation I'm working on looks at how power and its strategies vary. I know we have technologies, and I say to people, the gun is a tool. Okay? It is not the gun that is responsible for, the, for, for crime, for the rising, for crime and violence, and so on. And it's not the gun, it is people, it is human beings. We are responsible. Our ideas. We are blaming the wrong things. People are blaming an inanimate object, the gun. That is quite unacademic and absolutely ridiculous. Okay? That makes no sense. Because no matter what you do to prevent or to, re- or to, to control the access to guns or whatever it may be. And of course, part of the, and people, and, and part of the problem, many persons were unwilling to cooperate with reforming the gun laws that we have. Because of course... Because they, they stand the chance of, of, of not making enough money. But of course, there's also the issue. People are very creative. Human beings are creative. We, the human beings can navigate and go around that they, by doing what? Creating an underground market. You look, look to countries like Jamaica. Look to countries where you have high crime rates. Part of the problem in those societies, of course, is poverty. And, okay, so therefore, you're coupled with poverty and the correlation effects is high, higher rising crime. But there is also the issue of so there's also the issue of access to guns. They have the most the most punitive gun laws, the most restrictive access to gun your access to guns. It's restrictive in Jamaican countries like that. It's not easy to get a gun, but yet still crime, gun crime is gun crime. Or violent crime by the use of a lethal weapon is high in Jamaica and some of these countries. So, so the question, and you look at what is happening in Philadelphia and in Germantown and some of these communities, pockets, where you have now incomes are falling. People are going through a lot in these communities. Black and brown people are dealing with a lot. Especially since, since the stimulus money has dried up in some of these communities. Some of these especially communities... They're going and so and watch and there is also a spike in crime. And not only that, but I have also said to people we need to look at the issue, the issue, social issues in society. But we also need to look at the issue of how people are being socialized. I talk about the the music, the young people, the children. At, that social media is raising these kids that are at home playing Grand Theft Auto and they are reliving and reenacting the Grand Theft Auto. And you see all these mass shootings. And this, of, of course, is also the issue of the individual. I say, what is the ultimate of all things? The ultimate of all things that we become one with reality, but people that have a tendency to be ethnocentric, imposing their, their wills, their rules, their idea of what is on others. And so, so they go to the extreme to even commit violent crimes in order to get to coerce people to, to, to do what they believe that they should be doing. So, I, you know, and I talk about the issue we common sense in society you know i recently i was on twitter and actually somebody retweeted a tweet that i actually had forgotten but it's this tweet is actually in my book i had tweeted i had written 
uh, a story and somebody liked it and retweeted it and I actually went and read it and um, the title of it is Dirty Pretty Things and the Visual Realism of Invisibility as tool of exploitation in neoliberal globalization. And, that was, and this was part one. And I said, globalization has created tremendous opportunities for many. Globalization has created tremendous opportunities for many. But is that true? But it has adversely affected the lives of people who it has fragmented, marginalized, and abused. The impact of globalization on the human bodies, which are integral to the global economy, is grossly understated and overstated because of their invisibility, which is necessary for profit. This invisibility seems like a fairy tale story, thus blending fact with fantasy. However, this is strangely true. This is strangely true. The global human eyes are blind to some of the most intricate and inhumane realities of this postmodern world. We are oblivious to the mechanical economic order that has created invisible people, usually of color and from the global south, and as a consequence, they are susceptible to economic and sexual exploitation. Hence, as a black immigrant from Jamaica, I am all too happy that visual media, and not, such as the film Dirty Pretty Things, but not only that, social media, but, well, let's not add social media yet, Dirty Pretty Things, captures and exposes this invisibility and consequent vulnerability of the unseen migrant people of the South to sexual and economic exploitation. The film cleverly uses the thriller genre to assert that immigrant networks may be successfully mobilized to overcome this invisibility and exploitation. Certainly, invisibility and ignorance is at the heart of neoliberal globalization's exploitation of migrant labor, which involves the penetration of the human body for profit. Wenzel, Jennifer Wenzel continues this argument, postulating that ordinary Americans are perceived in the documentary film Life and Death to be ignorant of the U.S. economic ties with the rest of the world, given its life and death's aim to situate Jamaican tourism within a broader critique of U.S. trade policy and neoliberal international um, financial regimes. Life and Death, therefore, demonstrates how how neoliberal globalization has destroyed the societies of the global south. Not just life and death, but we're also talking about the film Dirty Pretty Things. This involved the administering of unfair trade, financial policies and regulations that have marginalized its peoples, destroyed their industries and created abject poverty so that they must find some way to escape their realities. So this is important. People cannot escape realities because there are strategies that's always want. And, and I said to you, it's not just about race anymore. It's about those who want, want it doesn't matter the color, the color of your skin. It's as, it's as if once you get in, and we talk about class relations, and Martin Oppenheimer talks about that. Once you get into power, once you have arrived, it's as if you protect your position by preventing others from coming up through various means, through spyware and cyber attacks. My um, our 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 one our system was just I am right now I'm locked out of uh, several social media pages. I don't have any access whatsoever. 
and I'm dealing, we're dealing with, and why, and so it affects productivity. It's a, you're spending hours and hours, all of your efforts always trying to resolve these issues. It works, it plays very well in the hand of people who are trying to attack your system, to slow you down, to slow down the competition, to delay the competition. And these are some of the things that we have to, we talk about regulating information. What we also need to do is to enforce antitrust laws and anti-monopoly. Enforce and regulate information in such, and not the regulator of information, but look at how technology is being used to prevent competition. And, and I guess many people are not tech-savvy enough. Some of, a lot of people, are, they do not understand how the technology works. But Russia and China, they know how the technology works, and they're using it to their advantage. And, and some of our people in the West are playing, are, 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 are looking at other less important things. These are some of the issues that we need to speak with, uh, we need to get to. This is the, the neoliberal round. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the neoliberal round podcast. I, um, I actually wanted to share uh, a conversation I am having with um, with uh, LinkedIn actually regarding the issue, regarding a, a very important issue. Because um, some time ago I had sent a message saying, um, indicating to LinkedIn that um, I have been locked out of uh, using one of my pages. Send a message to LinkedIn, one of the co-chair saying that I've been locked out of um, um, of um, my main profile and that I'm using my business page to connect because I've lost all access to my primary LinkedIn profile and I sent a, 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 link, a, a link to my profile. Um, and I was locked out about approximately 9.15 p.m. yesterday. I was on LinkedIn via my main profile and received a notification from LinkedIn app um, I received a notification from LinkedIn uh, or suggestions or recommendations to add some connections. So I started adding connections and I added a few connections from the multiple suggestions that LinkedIn provided on the app. Suddenly I was signed out and asked to sign back in with a code from an authentication app. That has never been the case. Usually I'm, I'm automatically signed in. And um, so I entered the code, but... So I still, I got a code and I entered the code, but wasn't able to get in. And, uh, you know, my face ID or my number cannot sign me back in. And I did everything in my power to get in, but it was quite unusual, quite weird. I've been logging in and out of that using the same device. I updated my phone number and that same day I used that same device and I'm being locked out. So, and it's just, it was, it's. So that's, but, the, but the good thing is that um, LinkedIn responded by saying, sorry to hear you're, you're running into issues with accessing your account because of some trouble with two-factor authentication. Our safety team can help with this. Please see the details here on how to reach out to us for further assistance. But 
I said to, and of course, while trying to, I have discovered what the issue is, and that is why I am sharing this, because for persons who is in the digital world, I responded to LinkedIn help by saying, thank you. Yes. Yes, I agree. It's the two-factor authentication that's creating problems. That's something we need to look at. Not just LinkedIn, but as an industry as a whole. We need to explore how we can keep accounts secure while minimizing the difficulties of accessing your account when you have updated your devices or when you have updated your number or phone or you have and you have lost a device. I said to them, this affects productivity as you spend uh, as you spend hours and time trying to fix the issue and you also lose business and valuable connections several important meetings and and just in, and I had several important meetings and I had set up a meeting and through LinkedIn and the connections was through LinkedIn and I think the per, the, the person who I was supposed to interview uh, responded but I'd never got the message so I said to them, this is a sore issue. This is a sore issue I'm having. And not just that we are having here, but several persons are having to deal with right now. And I said, I have no time for this when I'm trying to run a corporation and dealing with several other issues. And this is true. You lose a lot of business. You lose a lot of opportunities. And the issue of, you know, we are trying to, in an effort to try to keep your people's accounts secure, they have locked them out. And this is something that, as an industry, that we have to look at. But it was quite ominous that I never set up a, a particular that a two-factor on my device. I mean, or through authentication. No, the the authentication came through my through my phone number or through my Face ID, and I usually get uh, codes. And I mean, I've never set up code, but I got the code and I entered the code. It came to my phone, and suddenly. I was logged out and it, I, it's really ominous. Actually, I am on, I'm also locked out of TikTok because I updated my phone number on TikTok and logged out. And when I tried to log back in, it cannot recognize that number. And then it sent me a notification. So I said, okay, I, can, I, I, asked, it, I asked him to send me the notification to my email. So they sent the notification to my email, but up to now I haven't gotten the um, the code, and I have done so several times. So, and this this is just not. And recently, I NCB National Commercial Bank in Jamaica I heard recently lost all access to their systems. Their system shut down. Um, there's a lot of system issues that's happening, and not just there, but also here in the U.S. Um, when um, there were there were there were. Um, I think it was Verizon and Apple ID. Verizon and Apple was having problems with in terms of using the 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 share your phone ID feature. There was some so there's there there are things happening in in the cyber world. There is something there, and that is what we need to look at as we look at the issue of information. That that, that there is the issue of cookie crawlers and how that exposes you and so on it's, these things are very important we really have to look at it in terms of in those kind of ways when we look at social media not just limiting social media so as to in terms of 
telling people what to share and what not what to share. People have the ability to choose and not choose what they want to read on social media. What needs to happen is how social media control information or how per, how the the whole issue of 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 how it, it creates um cybersecurity and identity issues and the integration that now you're doing it and you know interfering in 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 the in accounts and user access that is user access user privacy user access and user privacy is what is what um poly, uh, uh, the gov- government and lawmakers should be looking at when it comes down to social media and that's very important because there are several issues that we are learning and we are understanding and and as we experience issues we research them we research them because we are about doing research and unearthing the truth and discovering it so we will we will be doing our own investigation about all things and all of this and we will and as we get this and as we get the information we will share them with you thank you so much for listening to another episode of the neoliberal round podcast share this show with your friends and just so you know we have a very important guest coming up on our show a very important guest and um and i'm trying to remember the name of the but i have a very important guest that's going to be coming up shortly uh let me see if i can share that with you if i but i will share that um uh, her flow her flow the shellyan i can't remember her last name but we i think she um a beautiful name uh, an amazing young lady and who is seeking to end poverty started up a, a movement in 2016 a non-profit working looking at poverty but looking at girls so to speak and, and in terms of reproduction and so on and i think i she i got an email from um from her earlier today and i am looking forward to having her on the show as she uh shares her program with the world and she recently the herflow foundation and i i think i've landed i've discovered it i sent an email to herflow and um and i will have her on the show shortly and i'm looking forward to it the president and the founder of the herflow foundation and if if you do not know the herflow foundation um the herflow foundation and if i can find a little give find some information about the about the herflow foundation um i said to her i'm ronaldo mckenzie i'd love to connect and to sh- and to have you on the show and to do an article on your work this is positive and inspirational others would benefit greatly from your story and may want to support you so i'd love to promote you and learn from you and let let me know when you'll connect but um they sent me an email actually they sent me a a reply um and a, the herflow foundation responded by saying the herflow foundation was created to empower women and girls about reproductive health through education and mentorship our flagship project is to end poverty the inability to afford menstrual products when needed in jamaica we focus most of our work in schools ensuring that girls don't miss classes because of period poverty 
so far we have donated over three million period products and then of course they're asking us to donate to their drive and um they actually have a page and she said together we can permanently do something about period poverty because she doesn't have to choose between her period and her education very important and that from shelly and weeks shelly and weeks executive director of the Herflow foundation and if you want to know how you can contribute or donate to the Herflow foundation i will have her on my show and i will have her on the show and she will have and she will have an opportunity to actually um talk about the program but um if you want to follow her um, uh, follow sorry follow her flow it's https sorry i mean her flow is actually just look for h e r f l o w her flow and they're on twitter as well embrace her flow on twitter and the the website for the her flow foundation is www.embraceherflow.com and very good work you know i'm i actually published an article and um and it's gonna it's part of the it's part of the revised edition of neoliberalism globalization income inequality poverty and resistance part of the revised edition the updated version of of the current book that i have out um look, looking at redistribution redistributing income to the poor and comparing tanif with um the social assistance program in jamaica but i look at and but i also make uh, comments on poverty and looking at is the issue of abject poverty and even in the book the current book globalization i talk about poverty and with covid and so on and even right now in america what's happening in certain pockets in black and brown communities and you find the spike in violence in these communities correlates with the the harsh realities the social decays and the harsh realities of poverty and not just poverty people are falling into abject poverty as well and um but at the same time thinking about how we can be flexible looking at how work life is changing in america and how we how the new generation now have to build on top of what was there but for the old generation not the older generation to be more flexible and to be more forward thinking and to looking at the digital technology and how young people can now maximize their talents and make it into, make it into and become entrepreneurs doing their 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 um exercising their entrepreneurial prowess while at the same time still working and I actually had an interview with World Education Services today I spoke I had a meeting with them earlier today talking about recruitment and looking at recruitment and and one of the things we discussed was looking at the flexibility in work life say for example look at what, what the most productive period of especially people between 18 to 29 to 32 or or 40 especially the younger generation 18 the most productive period is between 11 o'clock and in terms of working between 11 o'clock so the whole way of having people come to work at 8 o'clock to serve a population that usually gets up at 8 now as we move into 21st century people are getting uh, that is we have to I'm not going to get into it too much now but you you see where I'm going you understand between 11 and 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock so that's when and when I actually was the talent manager at one of the branches at Lord and Taylor's and when we when you do the, look at the scheduling you look at the scheduling in terms of 
people and how they work. So you don't expect an 18-year-old to come in at eight, 7 o'clock. That is absolutely ridiculous. You're setting up the person for failure. But that's what we're about at the Neoliberal Corporation. With critical thinking, facilitating it and also promoting it. And, and, and so on and so forth. And uh, continue to work and join with us. Take care.